The Protect Your Neck Podcast. Top five duos in MMA with Sam Alvey and Jordan Killian. From fighters, coaches, to significant others, we break down the power pairings in MMA. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night. It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I am your host, Dan Tom. Today I am joined for a special Top 5 episode, as I am joined for the Top 5 five duos in MMA by one of my favorite duos. In fact, they are a podcast duo, which may or may not be on the list that we talk about today. That is the Pound for Pound podcast with host Jordan Killian. Say what's up, Jordan. Hey, what's up, everybody? And of course, we all know his his, his co-host, the UFC's own, smiling Sam Alvey, fresh off his fight in UFC Nashville. What is up, Sam? Oh, not too much. I'm just, I'm chilling like a villain. I'm down here in Nashville still, just loving life. Yeah, you're still there, man, huh? Yeah, I, I had to stick around a few more days. I've got a, a second cousin that lives out here. And so he put put me and my wife and my kids up for a week, and we're, we're just we're just loving it. Nice. I actually uh, was staying uh, down there through some uh, family in-laws myself. As, uh, as you can tell by my Asian face, I don't have too much, uh, too much family <laughs> by, by, down by those parts. In fact, uh, in fact, I stick out like a sore thumb, to be honest. But I actually really love, uh, really love Tennessee. Good, good Does part. everyone assume you're either uh, short round from Indiana Jones or own a restaurant? Oh, dude, I, <laughs> it was bad. I actually had to go sit in a barber shop with uh, my, 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 my girlfriend's uh, father who was getting married. And he was getting done up, and it was like confetti flags and everybody just stared at me like it was boy it was it was it was, it was uncomfortable for a second i before i was on the the cast before i was talking to you guys i stopped at a liquor store i needed some uh, cognac to cook with and uh it was a middle eastern fellow that was that was backstage he's the friendliest guy ever but he, he was a middle eastern guy with a southern accent and, I mean, it, it threw me off Howdy, buddy. <laughs> like, oh, I don't man. know how that would sound. That is so... I'm pretty good at accents. I can't do that. He's just trying so hard yeah. to fit in. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just kept asking him questions, trying to get him to talk more. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that, that's great. Well, it's good to have you guys here, uh, especially, you know, again, having a duo for this episode. I wanted to do this, but I wanted to wait for a duo. And not only is this my first duo, first UFC fighter on the program, Sam. So you... You just uh, you you got a, you got a record here on the, on this year podcast as well as the many you have on uh, your own. Oh, fantastic! Firsties, I called it. There we go. Some. There we go. I'm proud that it's a southpaw. And I, I, I of course uh, not just have a bias toward you, Sam, which I feel like I almost have to mark down in my breakdowns. Though, I, I, thankfully, Sam is the first fighter on here because I can honestly say that I, I've picked Sam every time, and that uh, bias aside, I picked him. You know, because I really, you know. I, I'm a believer in that southpaw counter style. So you know your personality, which which we all love aside, uh, big big fan of the fighting style, Sam. So we'll we'll have some 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 more southpaws, I'm sure, to talk about as we recap this uh, card you fought on. Oh well, you're making me blush, but uh, yeah, well. We'll have to we'll have to talk about a few of the other softballs. Yes, yes. Well, uh, let, let's jump into it. Let's just start from the bottom to the top, and because we'll, we'll we'll hit yours, and of course, uh, I'll hand the steering wheel over to you, Sam, for that, of course. But uh, kind of just starting from the bottom, you know, th- there there was a lot of action. I don't even have the fights pulled up in front of me, but 
since we were talking about southpaws, did you see? Did you catch that Brian Barberino uh, win, Sam? I know you did, Jordan. Yeah. I, 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 not not really. I hurt my ankle and I went backstage and I kind of cried to myself about it and then I went back to the hotel. I, I tried to watch everything at the hotel, but the hotel didn't have it. Oh, it didn't wow. have sports too, so I, I was just reading the play-by-play on SureDog. Man, man. Well, he, he hit a nice uh, he hit a nice check hook there on Joe Proctor, and that's a uh, kind of kind of the the uh, one of the main weapons of a southpaw there. And it was it was really nice. Do you see that one, Jordan, by chance? Yeah, I did. I thought it was. I guess my real quick comments on. It. I know you're a big Barbarina supporter. He's he's one of those guys that you can always make money on because he's basically always coming in as a dog, and he's a tough uh, southpaw, like we always talk about. But anyways, I just thought it was funny that Proctor uh, tried to kind of Nate Diaz instigate like some uh, let's throw the hands out and start beating our chest, yeah, and then, like yeah. as soon as as soon as it happened, he lands this hook and knocks him out. I was like, oh man, that's that's going to show up on some UFC fail highlight tapes for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I remember tweeting like he he lost the Diaz the, the Diaz off before he lost the punch off you know exactly but, yeah but uh, hey before we get to Sam actually you know now that Sam brought that up I didn't realize it was I mean I did realize it was serious Jordan forwarded me a photo that wow oh my goodness by the way but before we touch on that let me just give an excuse on why my recap actually is so poor on this uh, uh, as for the listeners know uh, guys uh, I, I, had a, I had a heck of a week and um, I don't know if you're a dog person Sam but I know Jordan Jordan's got himself a dog there my dog's been going through some crap he's doing better now I had to take him to the vet and and do a bunch of stuff, but uh, it was my girlfriend's birthday as well. And as I told the listeners, my girlfriend's so cool. I was like, we don't even have to watch the fights this weekend. It's fine. We can miss it. But she's like, no, I want to watch some fights for my birthday. Well, the problem <laughs> was me and uh, Brian Schoonover, who if you're a listener to this podcast, uh, you know Brian from the After Party Editions. We took my girlfriend out and got her a bit too drunk. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'll save you all the details, but uh, I was essentially taking care of a, a sick girlfriend and a sick dog. So, uh, I could not do a proper recap. So, forgive me. But in return, I kind of parlayed the top five here with, uh, you know, our guest who, who was there. And man, that sounds like it was much more serious than maybe, of course, the viewers even know, Sam. So, why don't you kind of recap us going into the fight? Because I know there was a bit of a storyline there. Yeah, I, unfortunately, about two weeks before the fight, I, I, I've been telling everyone I broke my ankle. When in fact, it was I tore a ligament in my ankle. Uh, and I was just trying to, to rehab it. I, I mean, I was the last two and a half weeks or so of, of training, is I, I just swam. I swam and I hit mitts, and I didn't hit mitts that well. Uh, but I wasn't going to pull out of a fight. I'll, I'll never pull out of a fight unless my jaw is broken. Um, so <laughs> the plan was is I wasn't going to move nearly as much, and I was going to protect that ankle going to try and bait him up. I was going to make it more of a, a standing grappling match. And uh, the, the rotten guy, first, first thing he did is he kicks me in the other leg, <laughs> puts all the weight on my bad ankle. And, I mean, within five seconds of, the, of that first bell ring, and my ankle popped five times. <laughs> and so it was, it, it hurt so bad. And it, it, I think you hear, I tried not to tell anyone. Uh, so as my corners were walking into the cage, I, I told my girlfriend, or my, my girlfriend, my wife. <laughs> oh, she's not I, told, I told some chick. Some <laughs> I told some gal. So, who, who the hell are you fix my ankle? <laughs> no, I told my wife, and she was coming and said, I, it's bad. I, I broke it. And she was pretty cool about it. She said, all right, sit down. You'll be fine. And they, they continued their, their cornering of me. But yeah, it was it was rough. It was the first kick just put all the weight and it rolled my ankle again. And the rest of the fight, every time I took a step, my ankle would pop. And it was it was it was a terrible way to fight. 
Man, and and for people um, you know who who don't who don't know that like just the it, it's funny how susceptible your quote unquote good side can be when it comes to legs because I've, I've I've had you know ankle and, and knee issues myself and had to deal with oh just by compensating on your good one can make you know the other side more susceptible or vice versa. So yeah, I could I I, I I could totally see why why the cringes were on your face, sir. I mean, the, the kicks alone, even without prior history, were were cringeworthy enough. And then knowing that, man, I, I don't know how you how you made it three rounds of that. Oh, I did the best. I, I did the best I could. I, I knew I gave up round one. Uh, round two, I thought maybe I snuck it snuck it by. I thought maybe I had just enough. And then uh, round round three, I actually thought I won. So going into the decision, I mean, I was praying. I said, dear Lord, please don't let these judges gift me something. And uh, no, they didn't. They, they didn't. they didn't this time. Now, but, now, uh, now, before I go into the after, the after effects of the fight, let me, let, let me ask somebody, the one person who probably had a hard time getting through those, the only person that could maybe say he's had a harder time getting through those three rounds than you, which is your co-host, who, who uh, understandably, he, he's been very vocal. He hates watching you fight. How did you, ha, what was your take on the fight, Jordan, watching it as a viewer? I do, man. I hate watching Sam fights the worst. It's, I, get so, I get so nervous about it. It's funny, like Sam's family probably doesn't get as nervous as I do. I'm like a, I'm a, I'm like a yenta. I'm like an old Jewish grandma all watching it. it's terrible uh but no i mean you know what i obviously i sam had told me that his ankle was sore he didn't i i didn't realize the extent of how uh, how bad it was until you know that first kick i saw landed and i was like oh man it's bad so but you know i thought i, I told sam this when, when we recorded right afterwards that uh i was impressed by how how he was able to at least get through the fight i thought that was really tough and the more i've had time to think about it the more it makes me think of uh, a great stone cold steve austin quote which i know you guys are both big fans so you'll enjoy this uh once back during the attitude era there was a match going on where steve steve austin is the champion at this point and there's a number one contender match where mick foley is taking on the rock and uh the rock's just beating the crap out of mick foley at this point and stone cold is a guest commentator during this match and jr asked him uh stone cold what do you what do you think about mick foley he says well he's a dumb son of a bitch but he's a tough son of a bitch <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that's that's what i basically told sam i was like man you're insane for fighting on one foot but man you're tough as shit so <laughs> yeah everyone told me at the gym he said oh man you're so tough i said i'm only tough if i win i'm dumb as hell if i lose <laughs> well i guess i'm dumb as hell till the next one so <laughs> I, I, so after that photo that uh, uh, Jordan forward, forwarded me of your, of your uh, leg, Sam, tell me, are you really now a one-legged fighter? Because it looked like they had to amputate that thing. I mean, that looked bad. <laughs> you know, it looks worse than it is. Even during the fight, my lead leg never hurt that much. I know it's black and blue, and if you all look around on the Internet, you can find a picture of it. But uh, it, it doesn't hurt that much. Uh, my ankle, though, is still killing me. You know, but if, if Sam was a one-legged fighter, I don't think it would stop him, Jordan. I think he would just go and, you know, fuck up some featherweights, right? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start calling out those flyweights. I'll yeah. take on two of you. <laughs> I've seen both the Karate Kids. That's true. I, I, I got that one one-legged fight stance down. Oh. I'll be the guy at the corner who yells, get him a body bag. Well, <laughs> well, you don't have to go too deep into the recovery, Sam, and whatnot. But, you know, there was talk and, and not just, you know, you being tough to not pull out of a fight. But you're chasing a record here. Now, is, is there still one more fight that has to be has to be done by a certain time for you to get where you want? I have tied the record. OK. So I, as of, oh, I've tied the record. Right. Right. Uh, I want to beat the record. I have till June 18th to beat the record. Now, there just so happens to be a fight in Singapore on June 17th. Uh, and so I'm going gonna, 
I'm going to see what I can do. I, I know I'm technically on a six-month suspension, uh, but that's all you need is a doctor's note to say you're not suspended anymore. Right. So I'm going to get that doctor's note as fast as I can. I'm going to. I've already emailed the UFC saying, "Listen, I, I want on. Give me, give me my title, or give me my record, uh, please, sir." <laughs> and uh, hopefully, hopefully, I can heal everything. I can get everything back up and get a good camp in before before I fight again. Dude, that's awesome. Well, we're definitely rooting for you. And uh, and again, I don't I don't want to retread too much over because again, you guys recapped it on on the Pound for Pound podcast. Now, where can people find that? I I subscribe to you guys on iTunes, and, and I'll give you a chance to plug at the end. But just 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 before we get going here, where where, where can people find that? Yeah, uh, that's probably the easiest way: iTunes or the uh, uh, anywhere you get your podcast through the Android device, or on Facebook. Uh, there's a there's kind of a page, and that's the easy way to access it. If you just search uh, "Pound for Pound Podcast" or Sam's name or my name, uh, you'll you'll be able to find it. Powerful, powerful. Well, let me uh, let me just jump jump to the end recap numbers here, uh, so we can move on to this and jump to the top five and just just take care of a little uh, notes off the top. Essentially, for UFC Nashville, we did good. We went ten and three in picks, three and zero oh in parlay pieces, which saved my butt because we only went uh, one and three in props. So uh, it was it was a it was a positive night. Although I will say uh, I went a little heavy personally on the Swanson inside the distance line, and and it it, it, it cost me. I still ended up positive, but oh. Oh, that one cost me. But uh, <laughs> before before we jump to the uh, top five, let me just give a couple more shout outs because thank you, by the way, people participating, whether, uh, you know, we'll get your submissions and transitions here at the end when you submit your top five list, or if you just want to submit your top five theme ideas using hashtag protect your neck podcast. Unfortunately, me as a, as a podcast host who half the time is a, uh, uh, inebriated or sleep deprived or both um, I forget to check that sometimes so I just want to give a quick shout out to those who submitted the last time around uh, by your Twitter handle um, which I can't even read my own writing oh there we go at Lesbo and the Bean at Bookie Sumner and at Robbie Ray House for using that and submitting your theme ideas um, if you guys submit your theme ideas what I do is I store them and if we use them I'll go ahead and credit you when we do the actual episode as well um, this one I got to credit myself, though. I was just waiting for a duo to come along. And uh, the last shout-out goes to um, at the J42. That 42. is Jamil. If you guys like the uh, logo, I've got some compliments on the logo. I can't take any credit for that. The logo for the Protect Your Neck podcast was done by at the J42. So go ahead and give him a follow. He's a graphic artist and, and an MMA lover like all of us. So uh, thank you. Thank you, Jamil. All right. Now that that's out of the way, we're going to do our top five duos. So uh, essentially – we go from five to one here. Uh, we're going to take turns starting off. I'll probably just start off the first one just to kind of get the flow going, and I'm, then I'll throw the ball to you guys to, to, to shoot. But uh, we're going to start with our number five uh, duos in MMA. Now, you can you know do any pairings of fighters who are friends or f- fighters who have maybe you know forged a duo in one way or another, fighters and coaches, fighters and managers, fighters and their significant others, uh, which is you know something that Sam's technically a part of two duos if we look at it, right? Um, a podcast and significant other duo. Well, mine. Yeah. Yes. Best yes. of both worlds, right now. Yeah. <laughs> until until he calls her his girlfriend again. Yeah. 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 You, yeah. She she might want not want to listen to this episode actually because of that. <laughs> so we'll we'll keep that on the low, as Sam likes to say, riding with low. You can tell yeah, him a right fan of, fan fan of you guys, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but uh, yeah, gotta keep that saying around, Sam. But uh, speaking, okay. So number, my number five, essentially, this is kind of a newly formed duo. But I think it's worth noting because it's just two complete opposites. And I'm talking about Sage Northcutt and Tyron Woodley. And if we have crossover, guys, don't worry. We just, just just shout out if it's on your list. We'll go ahead and double dive into the topic. 
So if there's crossover, let me know. And you guys will be able to weigh in this, of course. But I had to have Sage Northcutt and Tyron Woodley on here just because it couldn't be more opposite. I'm not just talking about, you know, the visual, the yin and the yang there. But just, you know, if you look at Woodley's champ cap and, and it's just like it's like everything Sage is seeing for the first time. And Woodley is this hardened character who grew up, you know, in Ferguson and has faced racism and, you know, is this king of this warlord division. And you just have Sage. It's like, boy, that's a nice right hand, Mr. Woodley. Boy, it's a nice triangle choke, Mr. Woodley. You know, smash cut to them in the shower. I've never seen a full-grown grand- man naked before, Mr. Woodley. Like, it's just very, like, it feels like Tyron Woodley is opening up Sage's, you know, eyes in so many ways when you watch those videos. Oh, if you guys, do, you, do, do you guys feel me on this duo? Yeah, uh, I, so I'll tell you right now, I was gonna put them on my list. They were on my list that I sent to Sam earlier today that I was gonna that I was gonna do. So, so they they almost made my list. Uh, I think that's a great duo. Uh, I, I completely agree, and I just always like to picture uh, like Sage hanging out at like Tyron Woodley's family barbecue. Like yes. he's up, uh, like, like he's in training camp and he's like, Oh, why don't you come over to my family's house? We're going to cook out. And it's just like, you know, Tyron's aunt is on the, gr- his, or his uncle's on the grill. His aunt's making potato salad. And like Sage is just sitting there like, Oh gosh, that's, those are great shoes. Like, like just trying to, cause Sage is legitimately the nicest dude in the world. He's so nice. Yes, and I, yes. I just think he would find the positive <laughs> in any situation. And I would just love to see that. So I agree. It's hilarious. <laughs> Sam, you you you've actually met Sage. Uh, do you uh, do you like this duo? Yeah, it's a great duo. Sage is one of the like Jordan said. He's about the nicest dude you ever meet. Every time he fights, I text with him. Uh, I text him good luck. You know, Godspeed, knock the boy out. Uh, he's just wonderful. Uh, and uh, Woodley, I've never never met Woodley, but I've always it's about the yin and yang. And uh, I think uh, uh, Woodley is probably the the yang to. <laughs> That's I wonder true. boys raging yang. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I'll Rage. tell you this. It's, it, it made me like both those fighters immensely more after seeing their interactions. I'll, uh, I'll tell you that much. Um, Jordan, do you want to go next for your number five? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I, I kind of went uh, – I think we're going to have some good cross uh, – not not really crossover, but some good coverage here. Like the last time I was on, Dan, we didn't have nice. one crossover. I, I don't know if we're going to or not. But uh, So my number five is kind of a silly one, but I think it's an important one in the landscape of MMA. Uh, my number five is Boss Rutten and Liver Shots. That's my, oh, my nice, number five nice. dynamic duo. Uh, if <laughs> nice. if you are a fan of MMA that's just come to uh, come to that within the last few years, you probably aren't aware that Boss Rutten used to be a very uh, he he used to be a very prolific uh, fight caller for Pride. He was the color guy for for Pride fighting, and anytime anyone would land a liver shot, he would lose his freaking mind, and it was the <laughs> best thing ever because he would land you know someone would land a liver kick and Boss would j- basically jump out of his seat screaming liver shot in his dutch accent and uh even if you watch any of his funny little self self defense things online like he always sneaks in liver shots all the time and they're <laughs> brutal you guys know their liver shots suck so boss root and liver shots that's my number five that's a great one especially when you consider like I-, I can't like even watch other commentary forget like you know revisiting pride or when like boss was commentating i'll watch an invicta fight from 2016 and you know my scouting footage or whatever and i'll hear someone go oh but you know, someone lands a liver shot, and the commentator goes, "Oh, Boss Root would be rolling over right now." Like, yeah. there's no other move that's synonymous with uh, synonymous with a person. So, if you're going to stretch the rules for a duo, that is the perfect one to do with Jordan. Great, great job, Sam. What do you think of that? I, you know what? It, it's true. He, he makes the liver shot. He has brought the liver shot. Uh, 
he, he probably takes liver shots with uh, Chianti or what did they say? <laughs> <laughs> Baba beans and yeah, yes. and the nice Chianti. Chianti yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he's he's wonderful. It's <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, Sam, uh, do you want to do you want to unload your number five? Yeah, I, my number five. Uh, it's a little more personal than yours, but I got to go with Alex Nicholson and Mike uh, Platinum Perry. Oh, that's oh, beautiful. beautiful. Crossover. That's my next one. But please, please go, 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 go. Yeah, I, I, I fought, uh, fought Alex, and he's a super guy. He, he's. I mean, I don't care what you write. He's a great guy. He and his dad are wonderful. And then Mike Perry. You might have read about him too. He's not quite as wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) But but he's he's something else. And he and I, we actually, you know, I've never had a problem with him. I've only wished him luck. But he's had a problem with me wishing him luck. But uh, we kind of, I guess, buried the hatchet over this last weekend. We fought on the last card, and we talked. We talked all weekend long. And uh, I, I think, I think he likes me a little more now. Uh, I, I think I like him a little more now. But uh, those two, they grew up together. They beat each other up in the backyard until they made it to the UFC, and I, that's why I'm putting them on my list. Can, can I just say that was one of my favorite uh, episodes of your guys when you had Alex Nicholson on. And I just felt like so bad. Like I was just like Sam, if you could just reach through and give him a hug right now. Like this guy needs a hug, you know. Like he's he's really reaching for it. Like he's trying to give you the fist bump and and articulated every possible way he could. And I, I mean that in the most positive way. Like I, I like the guy more after it. So I'm not hating on him or anything. But it was one of my one of my more favorite episodes. And and yes, don't get me wrong. Like a. Uh, you know, I'm half Asian, so I probably don't agree with this corner advice you were shouting for Mike Perry at UFC 202. Half this of is me, true. Half of me, half of me did not like that. But again, I'm one of those people where I, I say it and I mean it. I'm, I'm hard to offend. That's why I have such the a terrible sense of humor. The other half of you thought it was hilarious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the other, exactly, exactly. The other half of me, uh, and you know, is endearing to the guy, and and all my, and, and just like the, it reminds me of the Diaz brothers, which I won't get get too far into in case you know they come up later but in the sense of you know i didn't you know you don't like him at first and then like i get where they came from i think it was nick diaz's right. countdown video with carlos condit where the teacher's talking about him i remember just going like oh my god i identify with this guy now i don't know i hate him i identify and um, maybe not so far with alex nicholson but hearing him on your guy's show i was like oh okay i get it i get this guy i get where he's coming from okay you know, you don't have to agree with it or like it, but man, uh, that's 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 a great duo. They were my, they were, um, they were, they were. That's why they were my number four. Because again, you don't have to like these guys, and I get it. And, and you know, using the pro wrestling analogies from earlier, like they're definitely like you know, the Dudley Brothers, like the, the, the MMA or something, like you know, like the, the, those guys. It's just, you know. The Dudley Brothers were on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Dudley Brothers. Yes. Oh, uh, imagine we'd have to like do like like five iterations of this episode if it was top five like wrestling videos. There's way too yeah. many. But, and the great thing about and you you, you might be able to weigh in this more, um, Sam. I don't know why, but you know, you know your physical interactions were very short. But uh, the great thing about Mike Perry and Alex Nicholson is it sounds like like they have like couple duos within that duo because it seems like those chicks are just as down to scrap as they are. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I talked to Hannah. I talked to Alex's. Uh, Alex is a girlfriend uh, or fiance more often. Everyone's a girlfriend today. I've talked to his girlfriend more often, but I met uh, I met Perry's girlfriend. She was just a sweetheart too. Although she went like all thug walking to that cage. Perry comes up to like some heavy rap. I mean, and oh, yeah. she is sitting there bouncing off and hands going, and she's singing every word of that song. Uh, it, it was kind of cool to see. 
Yeah, yeah. She was even like yelling like technical advice. I was hearing like I think maybe the second to last fight against Joe Man. I was listening to the corner. I'm here. Head off center. Head off center. And it's a female voice, and I'm like, is that his girlfriend? And I was like, oh man, I think I think Sam I think Sam Alvey's wife setting the trend there. <laughs> yeah, shoot. Uh, my my Hannah uh, Alex is she's cornering him. Uh, in his next fight over in Switzerland or wherever he is, and she's going to be eight months pregnant. She's or just about nine months pregnant. Yeah. My wife, I believe, still has the record. She, she she cornered me in South Dakota when she was due in about three days. Wow! But uh, wow! Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, Hannah's getting close. She she's due in about three weeks. Y- y'all y'all are trendsetters. Well, since our since since that connected to my number four, and that's that's now in the water. Um, Jordan, do you want to lead off with your number four? Yeah, real quick, just to, just to touch on that with that podcast that we did with Alex Nicholson. He was doing from his truck outside of the bar where his his girlfriend was working. He's a he's a good dude, man. He was he was going there to help her uh, help her finish up and take her home. So he's he's a good guy, and it, it that totally changed my opinion on him too. Because uh, before that, I had just known him for you know you know the the, the corner stuff. So uh, yeah, good, good stuff. Uh, um, yeah, my number four is not as funny as my first one, but it's Mighty Mouse and Matt Hume. Uh, I when I, when I think of a successful coach and fighter combination, that's like the number one that always comes to my mind. And there's a lot of good ones, and I'm sure there's going to be some on your guys' list. Uh, but I think I think if you're going by most successful, that's my number one far and away. The the way that they're able to game plan for everybody and the way that he keeps getting better and better, I think is a, is a big. Uh, you can attribute a lot of that success to his coach and the relationship that they have. So my number four is Mighty Mouse Demetrius Johnson and his coach Matt Hume. Nice pick, man. I'm glad you had this. Was one that I, I was thinking was possibly going to be on mine because it's up there for sure. But I'm like, you know, I think someone else is going to have this one. I don't want to leave this one off, but it definitely deserves to be on there. So I'm glad you had that one uh, on there, Jordan. What, what do you feel about the the Mighty Mouse and Matt Hume duo, Sam? Yeah, you can't really argue with it. Mighty Mouse is quickly becoming the greatest champion that the UFC's ever had, and his coach has been there with him every step of the way. It, it's a pick you, you can't argue with. Damn right. Better not try to argue me. Absolutely. I'm not going to. <laughs> what about your number four, Sam? Is this something we can't argue I'll just with? run away from you and you can't chase me on your hurt ankle. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> hey, I'm in Tennessee. We, we got a constitutional carry down here. <laughs> Get him in while you can, Jordan. Get him in while you can, man. Yeah, <laughs> He's yeah. coming for you. Uh, my number four, uh, it's kind of probably a lame one, but uh, it needs to be on the list. I have Rhonda and Edmund. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I, you can't not. I mean, she was one of the most dominant champions as well. And as everyone hates on Edmund, but he was the coach of one of the most dominant champions in the UFC. So I, I've never quite gotten the hate that he, that he gets, but he, he's made my list for that. Awesome. Awesome. That's an, uh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I used it for uh, I believe it was one of the gists for when I when I when I tweeted this one out because that's definitely a classic one. Uh, what, what, you know, whether uh, hindsight on, yeah. with the jokes Hold on, or even one second. did you say GIF? Yeah. Or do you say GIF, GIF. or GIF? Uh, it's probably GIF. It's probably right. No, no, no. I, I think, say GIF. I think technically he said, said right. We're gonna. He we're, said we GIF. Can't be- we can't be friends anymore. It's, it's over. <laughs> oh, no. is over. He's a GIF. You're a GIF guy. I'm a GIF guy. End of story. Now, now that I think about it, GIF's like peanut butter, isn't it? So maybe it should be GIF because you it know. Well, it, it's a weird. It's a weird argument. This is really taking us off off track. So I'm no, sorry. No, no, about no. this is good. But, I mean, y- you think about it. The word giraffe. That's a that's a GI, and that's a you know GIF. It kind of makes sense, but you know you don't say garage. That no, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm actually, oh, I'm actually being converted mid-podcast. <laughs> I'm being converted mid-podcast. I agree. All right. Gifts from give, now on. Give it Mark is. It down. Give it is. Mark it, dude. Mark it, dude. All right. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and kick off the uh, number th- – excuse me. The burps are back. Oh, no. Hiccup, hiccup. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick off the number three. This one's definitely a Homer one, but as far as brothers, podcast hosts, and media, these guys kind of check off all three, and they check them off as far as long-term. No one's been really doing a – that I know of – been around for a decade, much less a decade doing a five days a week MMA show interviewing fighters. And that was uh, Goes and George Garcia, who originally started his tag radio back in like 2007 from their living room, eventually became MMA Junkie Radio with MMA Junkie. Uh, now with you know USA Today, and they're they're doing their show out here in the Mandalay Bay Sportsbook. They got their own studio, and uh, they're going strong. And just the relationships and stories, and you know, responsible for people like myself and many more getting into the sport, learning more about the sport, and 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 you know people you know. Uh, went on to become referees from listening to their shows or like my case gone on to the, you know, MMA media or you know, analyst work. And, and it's just, and it's just, these guys have uh, behind the scenes have helped a lot of people, big names and not big names and never asked for a thing. And, uh, I think they, they really needed to get some love on my list. So as far as a duo, um, yeah, yeah. Brothers media and, and show hosts, these guys have been putting in the work and are still going strong. So shout out to Go- goes and George Garcia. That's a good pick, man. That's not something I would have ever thought about, but it makes a lot of sense because I, I, I almost think of those guys when you think of like, um, you know, all these podcasts that are coming up. You know that the, what they did with their radio show really kind of set the trend for that. You know, yeah, uh, that really wouldn't have been available if it wasn't for guys like that who were doing it since it wasn't popular. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a great pick. I've never met those guys, but I really enjoy listening to them uh, a lot. So, uh, yeah, good call. And Sam, you yeah, were recently on the I've show, done, right? Sorry. Yeah, I think I've done a couple interviews with those guys over over the years, and uh, yeah, they they do a good. I mean, they do a good show. So that's that's a uh, my hats off to you. Good pick. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think you were on there recently, and I know uh, gorgeous George. He's a big he's a big smiling Sam fan. Um, but uh, he he always talks highly on you about the show. But uh, yeah, I I give those guys a shout out. Us, uh, Sam, back at you. Actually, uh, do you have a uh, your number three handy, sir? I do. I've got a Tito and Cyborg. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I I love them, but they're like the king and queen of bad press. Uh, <laughs> and I'm kind of a fan of both of them. I love Cyborg, but every time she, I mean, she just can't buy a break. She's the one person that I've that I've really seen that beats everybody dominantly, and she still can't catch a break. Every everything kind of goes wrong, and Tito. I don't know that Tito has anything to do with it, but maybe he does, and he's the reason she wasn't in sooner. Or, I, I just, those two, I think of one, I think of the other. Yeah, that was definitely a, a power couple in the sense of manager-fighter relationships when you think about the span of those. You know, they didn't get a lot done, and it may not last as many years when you look at it, you know, uh, overhead. But as far as name value and, and the headlines they were taking at the time, it was pretty strong for, for, for whatever it was at the time. What say you, Jordan? Yeah, it's a, it's a good combo. I think I, I do... I almost think of them more individually, but I think as as a duo, it does make a lot of sense because there are a lot of similarities to their uh, to their careers. Not like their fighting style that much, but like uh, like Sam said, they are kind of both really bad at. at uh, I, 
I don't want to say promoting themselves, but like, I guess getting, getting the way the, the way the media perceives them is never, I think how they want that to happen. They're not good at conveying the message that they want to send out there, especially Tito. I mean, Tito is uh, a hall of famer. He's a legend, but man, as soon as he gets a microphone in his hand, he, that dude just crumbles. And like, you get things like, uh, uh, what did, uh, what did he say? Uh, in his last, his last fight after he retires, he beats Chael Sonnen. He basically goes on like a nine minute spiel, just uh, rambling like a madman. And you're like, this is get, take it away from him. This guy's been hit the head too many times. Stop letting him talk. But yeah, it's, it's a good pick. I mean, they're both, uh, both great fighters. I just don't think they, uh, are able to get their message out the way they want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now that was number three. Uh, Jordan, did you give your number three yet? I have not. Okay, go ahead. Go go ahead. Double duty. There. All right. Yeah, my, my number three is a person in a gym, actually, uh, because I think it's the one that I, synod- I, I I equate most. There's a couple that I think of, like when I think of Team Quest, I think of Dan Henderson. Uh, but the one that I really equate the most is GSP and TriStar. So my number three is GSP and the TriStar Gym because what the TriStar Gym has become. It's become a pretty big, dominant gym. you got a lot of big names coming out of there now and they go there specifically to train you know you got all these guys coming over from england to train there you got guys coming up from the states to train there but really it was gsp that started that all and you know you could you could replace tristar with for hobby if you wanted to uh but but i think gsp has really made that gym uh, a, a notable name and, and a real top place to to train mixed martial arts for young and upcoming fighters so my number three is gsp in the tristar gym nice very nice yeah no that's true i mean uh you think about it, GSP has been inactive for so many years now, and he's still synonymous with that gym. And with all the guys that have come through, success or no success, whether it's you know McDonald to you know Aubin Mercier, the smaller guys, no one's really ever been able to take that mantle and gain that association. It, 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 I, I don't know about you guys, maybe time frame of fan this more speaks to, but every time I hear one or the other, I just think back to that BJ Penn versus GSP, uh, that first um, countdown show or whatever it was, the... Uh, the ones where they they spent like a million dollars in it, and that was the first of its kind, and it was really right. well produced, and and they, they had the hard drums come in for the the cold in Montreal, and then you see GSP in the gym, and and that's kind of burning our head. So uh, that's a really good choice. What, what about you, Sam? What you think of that one? Well, I gotta ask, is it your number three? Because you know, TriStar. I mean, was that planned? <laughs> or just- oh, my level of my pun brain doesn't yes. work like that, but that's a really good one. I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh well. For me to you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the gift. I appreciate it. <laughs> That's a gift, not a gift. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sam the comedian wraps it up. I think that's perfect the way the way to end that segment right there. Boom. <laughs> Sam run. Sam finished it. <laughs> there we go. And uh we're running so smooth. I'm gonna go ahead and skip the uh the faux commercial break there, because uh, there there really is no commercial, it's just a fun little music break and this is this is this is fun. So let's let's keep pushing through. Uh, that brings us to number two. Uh, who started off last time? Was it Jordan or, or Sam? Either of you two started off. I think I did. Okay. Well, Jordan, why don't you go ahead and, and uh, start us off for number two then? Yeah, bring it back to me. That's fine. Um, so my number two. I know I'm giving these little intros for what I'm saying instead of just saying it, but I, I, I like building. I like it. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm teasing you guys. I got the feather out and I'm running it on your shoulders. <laughs> Tease me a little bit before I give you the the main event. Uh, my number two is it's two guys that I don't really associate as uh, friends, but I think forever through eternity they will always be linked because of the fights that they've had against each other and the way that they handle themselves. It, uh, it it's it's uh, uh, Junior Dos Santos 
Santos and Cain Velasquez is my number two. Um, and th- they always treat each other with a lot of respect, which I appreciate. Uh, you know, it, they never really built up the the animosity between each other. Dos Santos got the big knockout win, and then Kane's kind of beat him bad the la- the next couple times. But I think their their uh, their their fight series will always be seared into people's mind and in the UFC heavyweight division, which has always been kind of its premier division. The heavyweights, that's you know uh, what's Dana like to say the baddest man on the planet is whoever the UFC heavyweight champ is at the time. I think we're always going to associate Junior Dos Santos and Cain Velasquez uh, together for their epic trilogy that they had while they were at the peaks of their of their professional careers. So uh, that's my number two. Nice, nice. No, that, that, that that's a really good one. What do you think about that one, Sam? I, I love the pick. Uh, and it was just all, all three of the fights were just violence. They were just yeah. violence, all three of them. And it, it's one of those. Not often do you get heavyweight fights that are burned into the memory like those like all of their fights have been uh, and you just remember each fight so mm-hmm. well so I, I love the pick good good job yeah I mean, thanks buddy you do a visual timetable in your head and as far as heavyweight goes and most of it's just taken by those guys faces and a big block of time mm-hmm. you know as far as wins runs championships and you incorporate all those angles yeah absolutely that's that's it that's a that's a great one um my, my number two i'll go next year my number two is actually was close to sam's number three um, we have a lot of the same, 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 uh, same pathways here, which I like. But uh, mine was actually cyborg and cyborg because in no time did we. First of all, the Brazilian nickname of a cyborg always just befuddled me. I had no idea why. But to have two of them, and they're both near the same size with near the same amount of tattoos and musculature, and they like each other, and they get married, and they do nude photo shoots, and she gets. <laughs> Cage side while Jordan Mead knocks him out elbows and she screams horribly and the camera and catches her. Like this is like this crazy like time period for me <laughs> of strike force. We're like we had two cyborgs and just for that yeah. it earns not just on my list it earns a number two on my list. Am I crazy here, guys? Jordan? Uh, no, not at all. I think that's a great pick <laughs> because I I do always the the two things I always associate with cyborg. It's going to be cyborg and Ronda. That's my first thing, and then it's going to be cyborg and cyborg. Those are the two things that always <laughs> stick out to me. And you're right, the weird nude photo shoots uh, where he's like covering up his junk with his gloved hands, and like she's standing behind him, yes. like wrapped around him. It was so weird. And then also the other thing that I always remember is when uh, Nick Diaz beat him, and then goes over to a crying female Christiane Cyborg and. Like says, like, what's he doing? He's like, "Fuck you, bitch!" <laughs> He's like talking shit to her after she he just beat up her husband. It's like, Jesus, Nick, settle down, bro. <laughs> but but either way, yeah, cyborg, cyborg, good pick. Sorry, side note, Diaz always does that, doesn't he? Sorry, go ahead, Sam. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was gonna, you know, the the male cyborg. I don't even know that well, but I do know he got his face literally caved in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's true. Yes. So, from now, from here on out, anytime I think of female cyborg, I think of his face getting caved in cyborg. <laughs> <laughs> so it's locked in my memory. There you go. Yeah, when they're not united, they they actually become human. That's that's the problem. <laughs> I'm right. human. No. <laughs> that's terrible. There. Um, Sam, I believe, uh, is it your number two, sir? Yeah, yeah, my number two. I've got a Chuck Liddell and Randy the Natural Couture. Oh, wow. Uh, there we go. Yeah, I, they're just, they're synonymous with MMA, with the UFC. That is, to this day, every casual fan says they love Chuck Liddell, uh, says they, they love Randy Couture. It's just the two that everybody thinks about. 
and, and so I had to put them on the list for, for that reason. They've got their, their good trilogy of fights, um, but it's just the memory of those two. They are what the UFC is, and that's, that's the memory of, of, of them. Well, I'm definitely I'm definitely on board with that one. Uh, as someone who's almost almost a decade now been training at Extreme Couture, there's a bunch of cool stuff on the walls, like uh, you know the the I think the bloody mat from uh, Jay Heron and George Saint Pierre. I think is on the one there. Um, and you have all these like articles, like uh, you know the urinal place I frequent a lot. There's a, there's the there's the newspaper article of Randy Couture punching Tim Sylvia in the face when in the uh, Winning the title uh, in Ohio, and one of the Old man uh, style, yeah, and, and one of the big posters across from the mat is. Uh, after, of course, after the first fight that Randy won, uh, it was a build-up to the second fight where, you know, Randy's sitting there outside the octagon with the, uh, with the title, and, yeah. and Chuck Liddell's got his arm crossed, and he's looking all mean, uh, side-eyeing him, and it's just like an immortal thing in my head. So, yeah, I, I, I flagged that 100%. What about you, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, the the last time I was on your show, Dan, uh, that we did the biggest rivalries, and yeah. that was in my top five for rivalries, yeah. and I think... Yeah, it's a, it's a good pick because, yeah, those are two guys that I always associate with each other. And I think they both did a tremendous amount for growing the sport. And uh, their their rivalry was one of the first big, uh, big rivalries. You know, there's there's a couple of them that are up there. But that's I mean, uh, when I first started getting into the sport, like, you know, if I would ask somebody about the UFC, they knew like three names and two of them were Chuck Liddell and Randy Couture. So I think they're, those guys will forever be linked uh, to each other as well. Good pick. All right. Well, uh, who wants to go first for number one? Let, let's let Smile and Sam uh, double duty there and, and go first for, for number one top five. I, my, my number one's got a special place in my heart because I'm in it. I got to go with me and my wife, McKee and Sam, or yes. McKeon, if you will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hope people start calling us that. <laughs> Coin it. M- McCam, yeah. Uh, no, I honestly, I look at my career and I've got a ton of fights uh, between Muay Thai, MMA, just everything. I, I've got close to 75 fights uh, and she's been there for all of them. Uh, she's wrapped my hand for every one of them. She's been in my corner for every one of them. And uh, I, I wouldn't have the career I've had without her. And I look at, you know, talking about Alex and his girlfriend and, and uh, uh, Perry and his girlfriend and you see a couple others. I. My, my wife and I have been in each other's corners for, for longer, even longer than uh, Misha and who, who is she dating? We're married to uh, Caraway. Brian. We, Brian Caraway. Yeah, yeah. We've been together. I mean, we've been cornering each other longer than that, or she's been cornering me anyway. So it, for me, it's I, I understand if it's not on everyone's list, but for me, it's something special because, like I said, we've got close to 75 fights together, and uh, I, I couldn't have done it without her. New nickname, Sentimental Sam. <laughs> Macam Macam sounds like something like they say in Braveheart, like Macam. That is right, Macam. Lift up, you have killed Macam. Yeah, it's Highlander. It could be only one. Oh, we don't Macam! know. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm glad, I'm really glad you said that because I was almost when I was going through the list, like that came up on my list, but I'm like, oh, it's too bad Sam's actually like on the show because I, I feel kind of weird saying that, but that is like very uh, worthy of being on anyone's top five list and if any of us can put it on there uh you can sam so I'm, I'm really glad you did that and yeah i mean not knowing you as well as jordan um i just kind of you know was getting to know you through through sadly just through film study and stuff but i was really surprised you know going back to the mfc fights and your older fights like yeah see, seeing your wife right there and and you know uh i'm like oh no wonder technical instruction and being rings none of this is new to her none of this is new to her. <laughs> 
And it was just, it was really impressive, man. It's really, really heartwarming. My, my girlfriend's a big fan. She loves that. That's how she associates you. Um, you, you know, um, and, uh, and yeah, so well, well deserve it. Well, well, thank you. Uh, all, all I have to say is Sam, so you and your wife are number one. Where are you and your girlfriend? Where are that? Where are they? <laughs> oh, I really hope she doesn't listen now. <laughs> that's, that's a separate list. I'm not, I'm never going to let you live every time now. What we talk, I'm going, going to refer to girlfriend. after you said that. It's hilarious. <laughs> She's going to punch me next time I see you guys. Holy fair, she cornered me a lot while she was just my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm going to go ahead and uh, let Jordan uh, do, do the honors of going last, if that's cool with you, Jordan, unless you want to go now. Oh, go ahead. Yep. Cool, cool. I'd rather have Jordan send us off. My my number one, and now I'm going to feel like a jerk if, that, now if, I, if, it's, if it's the same number one, but um, my number one, I, I spent a long time trying to get this GIF, and I couldn't, uh, but, but hopefully there'll be more. But um, this is a this is a newer duo as well, but this one made number one as opposed to you know Sage and Woodley making my number five because this one embodies you know a, a weird a weird relationship, but also that classic pro wrestler. You know, we don't have that you know we don't have that you know Kane Paul Bearer type uh, type manager or anything like that. But but the closest mm, Paul Bearer, sorry, but the closest <laughs> we have sorry, there's a throwback. <laughs> Oh, don't get me started. But uh, but you know the closest I think we have to that in MMA is is Yoel Romero and his translator. They make, oh, they make a number one duo. I mean, this guy is translator. I don't even know his name, but he's got the, the tied back hair, and he looks like you know a, a bad guy from like a late '80s, early '90s action movie, like License to Kill is a per- like if he was one of the bad guys next to Young Benicio del Toro for License to Kill, he'd be perfect right there. Yoel Romero's translator, and I also have a soft spot a soft spot for that dialect of Spanish. You know, um, I, I used to uh, date a girl who was half Cuban and half Colombian back in the day, and those are really two separate styles of Spanish. Speaking, so it really kind of taught me to appreciate, and that's why I like Narcos so much because they did a really good job of keeping that fast but shortness to the words of the Spanish for Colombians. Whereas you know Cuban, you have this whole different cadence and character to it. And uh, I love her grandma to death, so this isn't a dis- this is this isn't a diss on her by any means. But her her grandma, amongst like twelve other members of her family, all sounded like Yoel Romero. I mean, so every time I hear this guy yeah, talk, or like, Mike, yeah. I love you, Mike. I love you. I love you. And like every time I hear this guy talk or even this corner, like I, I, I'm with Joey Diaz where it's like Masvidal, even Masvidal's corner. So I love the corners. I'm like, papa, papa, ay, papa. And like, yeah. you know, like I love that style of Spanish, man. It's, it's, it's uh, as, a, as a, a weird accent guy and someone has a ear for that. I've always been a big fan of that, so I, I just get giddy and excited every time you know they do the post fight or even on like air, you know aerial show where you you know you get the uh, you get that kind of duo duo facet. Uh, Jordan, do you do you do you uh, do you have any love for this one? Phenomenal pick, man. I don't have a lot to add besides he looks like uh, the guy that your mom dates after he, her and your dad separate, oh and God, she's yes. like she starts getting in shape and going out on the town. And you're like, why this guy? Like that dude's gonna take you to some seedy clubs. Like I don't know, date a nice guy. Like that. Like he's I'm sure he's a great guy, but that's what he looks like. He looks like the dude that's, that's like, hey, from now on you're gonna call me dad, okay? Like you just call me dad. You don't call your dad dad no more. You call me dad, okay? He wears that perfume <laughs> that you remember till you're fifty. You just can't get it out of your right, nose. Right. He, he always smells Clone. like pine and and something weird. You're like what? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, Cigars can, and pine. Sam, do you have love for this middleweight duo who who reside in your weight class? 
It, it's it's pretty great. <laughs> I I've always said I want to like UL Romero. He just keeps cheating, but his, his yes. translate, <laughs> translator almost almost makes up for it. Yeah, I think the last one, guys, he, the translator even had like a black suit when he came in. His, his highlight, his hair like all greased back. I'm like, oh, now he's he's embracing the role. Right. <laughs> uh, all right, Jordan, and this madness. What, what is your number one, sir? All right, my number one is uh, a duo that I think is responsible for getting more people into MMA than I think anyone else has ever done. And I think they may have done it without those people who now like MMA even realizing that that's the reason they got into it so much. My number one is Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg. That's my number one dynamic duo in MMA. Uh, I, I think that the biggest letdown for me since the UFC's let Mike Goldberg go is that I don't enjoy the commentary near as much as I used to. And maybe maybe it's because I'm I've been into MMA for a long time and so I just miss it. You know, maybe I'm being an old man about it that will bring bring back what I liked. But you know what? I, I like John Anik. I like Brian Stan. I like Kenny Florian. Uh, I, I'm not a huge Todd Grisham fan. Uh, I've tried giving the guy the benefit of the doubt a couple times. Not a huge fan. Uh, but man, even when like DC and Dominic Cruz get in there, I think they do a very good job. But the man that I, I miss Goldie and Joe's dynamic. It was perfect. And for as much crap as, as Mike Goldberg used to get just from doing a podcast, which I know is not near as hard as calling a live, uh, a live event where millions of people are watching and you, you've got to go play by play and you're, you're the every, every word guy, like, just from doing a podcast and recording it, I know how hard it is not to mess up. Like, and so Goldberg's flubs really aren't that bad compared, like in comparison, like he's great. Uh, I miss his calls for when it's over. The, I, I still, it's iconic, man. Joe screaming, Oh, he's hurt. And you know, Goldberg, it's all over. Like I miss that so much. And I think their enthusiasm got so many people excited about mixed martial arts and really kept them into it. Even if they don't realize that's what got them into it. So my number one, uh, it's Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg. God damn. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you made this on your number one. I was so close 11th hour of this being on my number one. And uh, I figured someone had to have it. So I took the chance of, of leaving it off. I'm glad I did. But yeah, especially now with, with Goldie no longer, you know, with the UFC, that is such an important one. You know, I miss the, it's the, well, what I miss more than the, it's all over is when the guy almost gets finished and he goes, it's all and then he just kind of stops, yeah, so like, right. and you get out of your seat for a second. You're like, "Oh, you got me, you son of a bitch." <laughs> what about what about you, Sam? I, it's they're the voice of the UFC. It's I mean, they're in the video game, they're in the TV shows, they're in every. They're the voice of the UFC. Uh, you, you can't you can't not yeah. have them on this list. So I'm glad I'm glad you put it on. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that, that's... I didn't say thank you. <laughs> I know. I was trying to sneak your welcome in there, like an asshole. But <laughs> hey, hey, we w- without Goldie, we wouldn't have such great terms like his precision is precise, or that Travis Luter is the Anderson Silva uh, or the Michael Jordan of BJJ, right? I- I'm such an over analytical nut, and I watch way too much footage. It's unhealthy. So like, I-, I-, I like those little moments where like, what I am, I don't know Goldie. I'm sure he's a really nice guy, and we're all, yeah. we're all talking about him here positively. But I like those little Goldie commentaries where it feels like the real Goldie comes out. Like, for example, watching God, John Dodson versus uh, uh, Demetrius Johnson, he goes, oh, I think we're going to need some drama me in here, Joe. <laughs> and then <laughs> Joe Rogan's like, oh, these scrambles so fast. I can't, I can't keep up. Yeah, you better have some drama me. And he starts, like, listing off, like, stuff like he's a pharmaceutical cabinet. I'm like, oh, oh easy, Goldie. <laughs> I mean, references we can follow, Goldie. <laughs> yeah, Go- Goldie's going to start giving out phone numbers to people we can get supplies from. But, yeah. 
I miss I miss I miss him, man. I miss I miss Me Goldie, too. and I know I I would I, you know what I'd actually love I'd love to hear him go on a Rogan podcast so I could hear them just kind of talk about it candidly. Oh, that'd be uh, great. Because the, the 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 biggest my biggest disappointment in recent years, uh, obviously other than uh, you know say I'm not getting a win or something like that, uh, is that they didn't do anything special for for Goldberg's last send off. I was really bummed that that just kind of passed. Uh, I, I was hoping that they were going to do something or you know uh, let him at least talk for like a minute or so because he's been with the, he's been around longer than Joe Rogan has like he'd been with the UFC for a really long time so I was kind of bummed that they you know it was just kind of a end of the card done so but anyways that's my number one oh absolutely great great stuff so before we get out of here guys I'm going to jump to submissions in transition um, before we hit our honorable mentions because chances are that it's probably going to be mentioned and we'll be able to weigh in on them here but uh, I, got, I got some pulled up um First from the uh, uh, Junkie Nation combat chat, some great, great participants in there. Jason Lackey agrees with you, by the way, Jordan. He says Rogan and Goldberg all the way. That's his number one. And uh, my buddy John John Rico, frequent listener of the show, he his is uh, Chris Weidman and John Viante, which almost made it instead of Perry good Nicholson. One. Very good one. I feel like Weidman's more of a family man now, but like I feel like they were total like the Jersey Shore. Like I feel like Weidman now lives vicariously through Viante. If if you watch any of the UFC countdown stuff or the embedded stuff, anytime one of those guys has a fight, the other one's always hanging out. And I feel like that's when they get to be their uh, you know, twenty-two year old selves again. Like they're playing video games and putting fifty bucks on who's gonna win this game of Madden and they you know, they're they're just being assholes to each other, busting balls. Like I agree, that's a great bromance. Yeah, that is and and, and uh Viante too, I'm not even a fan of reality show guys, but uh I really I, that guy needs his own reality show. Like he is funny he's as hilarious. shit. Like this, I'm not even into that like bro humor, but he's the best. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think about that duo, Sam? Hey, it's pretty good. They're, they're, they're pretty funny. They're very memorable. Uh, so yeah, I, I I gotta agree with them too. It's a good good pair to have on the list. Yeah. Rico Rico also has the Fertitas on his list. That's a classic one. Yeah, good one. I almost thought about Dana and Lorenzo. He had jo- Joseph Benavides and Megan Oliva. Megan Megan Olivi. Ben Olivi. Looks like they have a. They have a, a combined name, Sam. You might have to really start pushing your combined name now. <laughs> McCam! Hey, you started here. McCam. <laughs> you start shouting that randomly throughout the podcast now. <laughs> and uh, he has Jackson Winkle, John. That's a classic one. Good one, John, John. Oh, that's a good one. And uh, Noguera Brothers. There you go. There's a good brother one. Um, Oklahoma Knows, a.k.a. Jersey Mikey, calls in the Junkie Show a lot. First of all, he wanted to say, please tell Smile and Sam that I'm a huge fan and give him a shout for me. And that was Oklahoma Knows. So shout, shout well, out to you, Smile and Sam. Hey, th- thanks for listening. They, they, thanks for being a fan. There you go. He has Diaz Brothers. He says, enough said. I agree. Diaz Brothers, enough said. Uh, Sarah Longo. I'm surprised that one didn't make it on, on one of our lists. That almost made it online. Mm-hmm. Sarah Longo. Uh, Rutan and Ronaldo, man, commentary team right there. That's that's like top three, very good not, one. you know, number one yep. for me. But yep. uh, very good, great. And he Sonin, Sonin Silva and Forrest and Bonner was on his list. Forrest Bonner's a great one. Yeah, Forrest yeah. Bonner was almost my list. I decided to go natural and Iceman instead, though. Good choice. <laughs> nice. And uh, Kate Trombley had Chuck and Tito, kind of in the spirit of the uh, Chuck and uh, you know Chuck and uh, yeah, yeah. You see, uh, DC and Kane, I think was it was a good one. That, that was a good one. Yeah, I, I struggled with that one because I couldn't figure out where Rockhold fits in there. I think they're more like a triangle. That's they're like true. A, they're like a 
friendship triangle. Especially when you think, like, because Rockles probably did most of the training with him in the past years, with them both being right. so injured. He's, like, right. the main guy. Exactly. That's been taking miles, probably. Okay, mm-hmm. on that note, I'm just going to jump to Twitter real quick now. And uh, we have a, just a couple there. <clears throat> All right. Pull it up. Yeah, just while you're while you're pulling that up, mm-hmm. just a couple that I had yeah, uh, yeah, on my list that please. didn't make it. Uh, Tito and Jenna Jameson. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yeah. That was, that, I, don't I, I mean, go. as like a as like a 17 year old who was getting into MMA, being like, "Oh man, this dude's banging a porn star. I had a way to go. Maybe I should get into MMA." Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the, one of the other ones I had was uh, Arlovsky and John Dodson. That's always a fun one. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, that, that Arlovsky and Dodson reminds me of a briefly. It was too briefly lived, unfortunately, because they both stopped training at American Top Team because they're both no longer in the UFC. But I feel like Horiguchi and Rob Whiteford could have made waves. Like the the, the meek yeah. Japanese guy and the loud Scotsman. Like that's a that's an yeah. odd couple right there. It's but a uh, that's a good one. Tito and Jenna. That was actually the first Bentley I ever drove. Was Tito's because I, I worked ballet between two thousand five two thousand eight. So kind of in that prime there, uh, where a lot of those UFC those those those. Those Tito and Chuck and Matt Hughes UFCs were happening, and I remember Tito coming through with Jenna Jameson, and we valeted their, uh, their car, and I was the doorman, so I would take the ticket and uh, kind of you know organize the traffic or whatever, and just get in there. Like, Man, this is his car. I'm like, I wonder if I should wipe my hands after this. And <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, uh, jump, yeah, I know. <laughs> jump into Twitter real quick. At uh, B Goose has Jackson Wink, DC Bones, Connor Nate, Rogan Goldie, and and this one's interesting. Vanderlei Crazy Horse. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, old school. Yeah, uh, half the battle at best fight picks. Uh, he likes Garcia, Korea, and Zombie as far as duos who 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 yeah. duoed against each other. I guess with each other multiple occasions. There, classic fights. And I said, uh, I, I rebelled. When I said, what about Cal? Didn't Donald? Uh, you guys might know. Didn't didn't uh, Donald Cerrone and, and Leonard Garcia tear up the bar scenes back in the day? Weren't they a duo yeah, in Mexico? Yeah, Cow- Cowboys talked about that quite a bit. Like he, well, those are like two of the most. Uh, oldest tenured Jackson Wink guys like around. So uh, yeah, Cowboy and Leonard Garcia have some, some history. And I think, yeah, when they were both younger single men, they, they used to go out and wreak havoc. Yes. Keyword younger and single keyword. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Don't don't worry. We, thanks to Sam Spiffs, we were not going to have any girlfriends listening to this podcast, so they don't get offended <laughs> or wives. <Yeah. laughs> Dudes only. Uh, at Apprentice Jedi MMA seconds the uh, kind of training partner theme there, and he he brought up Dan Hardy and Roy Nelson. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just gonna one more sweep here to see if there's anything through. Sam, do you have anything in your honorable mention list that didn't that didn't quite make it? You in? know. I, it kind of made it in Dudley Boys. They were on my list. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Dudley Boys. <laughs> yeah. Every time we see Barry Nicholson, now I'm going to think of the Dudley Boys just coming out. Is that one of them? One of them <laughs> yeah. got a table under their arm. <laughs> it, it's it's only a matter of time till they're fighting in Bellator. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Spike Dudley is the new featherweight champ in Bellator. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to institute rope grabs and tag teams. Uh, oh, this is a good one. At, and at, I will at, pay to watch it. Take my money, Bellator. Oh, I would pay way. I would. Oh, I'd pay for that definitely. Uh, here, here's a good one, guys. Chuck Liddell and and John Hackleman from at Jobus. Oh shit, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that, that's a classic one right there. Um, and it looks like that's it, guys. Was there any other honorable mentions that uh, you wanted to get in before before we get out of here? Nope. Um, I think Jordan and I should be on that list. I mean, we're the voice of our generation. You guys are one of the the best podcast duos out there. That's right. Definitely on the list. I'm I'm scanning through mine. I think Anik and Stan have have kind of been developing. I think that'll get stronger as the years go on. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. 
they're already making tattoo bets and other crazy waxing bets and, and doing stuff with each other. And it's, yeah, it's I, great. I've been a, I've been a long time John Anik supporter. I think he gets a lot of flack. I think he's pretty good. I Me think the, the big knock on him, a lot of people say he's uh he's dull. I think he's a little dull. People think he's a little dull, but I'm, I'm fine with the, the play by play guy being a little dull. Uh, not everyone's going to be Goldie, but yeah, yeah. Anik Sand's a good one. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And well, I think that's it on my list, too, guys. This was this was fun, man. I really had, had fun unpacking this with you all. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us, son. Especially, Sam, after you're fresh off your fight and, and you're, all the stuff you're doing. And, and, and again, you, people that don't know or don't you know listen to your guys' podcast, which I'll get to plug in here in a second, um, Sam really is an open book and, and a nice guy. It's not just uh, it's not just a big old a big old act. He, he he lets it all hang 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 out and rides with the low uh, repeatedly. So before I let you guys go, um, please uh, shout out your own Twitter handles, the podcast, anything else you guys want to plug. Please go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, you can find Sam on Twitter at Smiling Sam. That's basically your Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, right? Yeah, Facebook, all that stuff. Smiling all that good stuff. Sam. At Smiling Sam, so follow him. I'm at Jay Killian MMA. Uh, you can find the pow- the the Pound for Pound podcast is just P4P, so it's nice and abbreviated for you. P4P Cast on Twitter at P4P Cast uh, on Facebook at P4P Cast or search either of our names. And then of course you can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or through the Google Play Store. And yeah, like and review and all that good stuff. That's how we get uh, more listeners. So uh, yeah, check it out. You won't regret it. Yeah, and I tell you what, we love, we love uh, audience participation. I mean, That's it's true. like our, our show is we love talking talking about what you guys are sending us. So please do. Tweet us, Facebook us, talk to us. Yeah. Awesome, guys. Awesome. Well, well thanks again. Um, if you guys want to contribute to this podcast, use the hashtag Protect Your Neck Podcast. Follow us at the PYN Podcast. You can follow me, my upcoming works, what's going on at the MM Analyst. Of course, all the archive, uh, all the episodes are archived on smartphone-friendly players at MixedMarshallAnalyst.com. And one last shout-out before we get out of here to uh, an, another middleweight in your division, Anthony uh, Anthony Anthony Smith there, Anthony Lionheart Smith, who uh, gave the shout-out to the Protecting Neck podcast recently on Twitter. Um, he was, he, was a pre- he said some kind words there. So thank you very much, Mr. Smith. Look forward to watching your journey as well. And for all of you listening, stay respectful. Cherish the past, don't take life too seriously, and protect your neck. Keep riding with it low.